Welcome and thank you for downloading the Trinity Now podcast, recorded live from Trinity Church of Wesley Chapel. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. Now, let's join Pastor Dave. Galatians chapter 1, starting in verse 1. Would you follow along with me, please? Paul, an apostle, not from men, nor through man, but through Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who were with me, to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and Father, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Let's bow our heads, please. Our Heavenly Father, we give you thanks just for this opportunity to come here today and to be able to worship you and to know, Father, that the God who created the heavens and the earth is with us this morning. Father, I pray that you would open our hearts and open our minds and lead us in a direction that, that only you could lead. May you be praised by all that we do and say, and we pray this in Jesus' most precious name. Amen. You may be seated, but you want to leave your Bibles open. We are going to be jumping around a little bit today. Um, you know, one of the things that's um, uh, kind of strange that I found, um, and, I, and I really don't know the answer to this, but when I became a pastor, um, something obviously, um, I don't know, I guess I started to look different. Or something, and it hasn't happened a lot. But I've heard other pastors say this: that that when we when we're out of our element, in other words, we're not standing in the pulpit, um, um, and and you go out someplace, and you might be talking to somebody, and somebody out of the blue will say, "Are you a pastor?" And, and, you know, I don't know whether that means I got a bullseye in my head or my eyes are crossed or, or you know, because, um, you know, if you see me out in public someplace, chances are I'm not wearing a suit and, and you know by now that, that we really don't dress in the, in the, the uh, clergy garb with, you know, collar or, or we don't, I haven't walked around in a robe in a long time. Um, well, in the mornings, sometimes I do, but, but uh, you know, you understand, I don't know what this is, I'm not sure, but, but it is something that, that has happened to me, and I'm not really sure what tips people off, but there is a, a scripture um, that, that I read that, that uh, this, this thing, this same thing, um, happened to, to Paul, and it happened to Barnabas um, as they walked into a synagogue, um, and uh, it's, it's, they were in Antioch of, of Pisidia, in Pisidia, and it's in Acts, Acts 13. But they went in, um, much like, like today, the service had started or whatever, and they come in and apparently sat in the back of the church. Um, even then, even in the synagogue, I should say, not the church, but even then, people sat in the back of the synagogue too. Isn't that, you know, isn't that the way it works? Nobody ever wants to sit up front. I think they think it's a splash zone, you see, and they, and they don't want to do that. But they, they went, and they, and they sat in, in the back of the synagogue, and, and they listened to the, to the law and the prophets, the reading of the law and the prophets, as, as what is normally happens. 
And, um, and then all of a sudden, the leaders who were leading the, the, the service that day um, sent some back to him, back to, to Paul and, and to Barnabas. And, and they said, do you have any words of, of exhortation for us? Um, say on. Let's hear it. And so how, how did they know that, that Paul was a preacher? How did they know that Barnabas was, was a preacher? Um, well, once Paul opened his mouth, they knew for sure that, that Paul was, was a preacher. Um, the next, in, in Acts 13, um, the next 20 verses are all what, what Paul had to say. And so 20 verses to cover this short exhortation that Paul was going to give, they go, yeah, this guy's a preacher, all right. It's, it's uh, um, did you ever hear the thing about um, you never ask a preacher what time it is? Because when you do, he'll tell you how to build a Swiss watch, you know? And, and that's sort of, we can never just say something short and let it go at that. We always got to be... <laughs> I always love it when I get to, when we have a cantata and they want me to, to fit a sermon into the cantata and all the choirs back there going, oh my goodness gracious, my watch must have stopped or something. You know, it just, it's, it's tough to, it's tough. Once you get going, they want you to quit. You know, I remember one time, I tell you, it was my first time here. I, in fact, I, I wasn't even the pastor. I was, I was here to speak on, on uh, July 4th of the year that we became an independent church. And, and I, I got up here and I was preaching and it just it kind of dawned on me at the time. And I said, you know, you know, guys, before I was a pastor, I couldn't speak in front of people. I mean, I was scared to death and I, I just, I couldn't do it. And, but now, now you can't get me to shut up, you know, and it's just, but that's the way it is. You know, God, God gets you and, and, and oh, away, away you go. But, you know, you could tell that, that, this exhortation that Paul was giving was going to last a while because he starts out with um, um, God choosing his people in, in, uh, as they were in Egypt and, and how he led them out into the wilderness. And then he starts on the judges and he talks about Samuel and then he goes to the kings and he starts talking about Saul and, and talks about David. And they're sitting there going, my gosh, what is this guy doing? But they knew, they knew at that point that they were in for the long version there was no short version. But guys, you know, there was, there was something that Paul was telling him that, that all of that was going to lead to a very, very important conclusion. And it was something that they all needed to hear. And it was a story that, that God had a plan for them. Now, a lot of them weren't going to accept the idea of the plan that they had for him. That, that, that God had for them. But, you know, I want you to think about something. That plan that Paul was speaking of to the Jews in the synagogue that day is the same plan that God has for you. And it hasn't changed. It has not changed. In fact, let me, let me take you over to, to Acts chapter 13 in verses... Uh, in verses 38 and 39. Yeah, there it is. Where he says, and this is at the end of, of, of the long journey that he took them on. And it says, And therefore let it be known to you, brethren, that through this man, speaking of Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sins. And by him, 
Everyone who believes is justified from all things from which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. You see, what the law couldn't do for you, Jesus Christ, he can. You know what justified, you know what justified, you talk about justified and, and people go, yeah, justified. What, is it, what does it mean? I mean, if you want the short of, of all of that, you want to talk about, about how, how you were justified through what Jesus Christ did to you, it did for you, it means this, just as if you would never sinned. That's it. Just as if. You know, someone can, can uh, uh, treat you uh, badly. They can do something to you. And you can forgive them. But you know, in the back of your mind, you're, you, you, you have a tough time with the forgiveness part. You have a tough time trying to, to forget. Now, you could forgive, but you forget. Jesus Christ is gone. When he went to the cross and he shed his blood on that cross for the forgiveness of your sin, it's not something when you come to, to, to the, the Bema seat at... at, at uh, when, when we all come together before him, all Christians will come before him, before that judgment of Christ. And it's not unto damnation. And, and the things that you have done in your life, he's not going to say, I forgave you, but. I forgave you, but. That's not happening. He's not dragging up something from the past that, that you had done. Jesus Christ forgave you. His blood shed on that cross was for the forgiveness of your sins. No questions asked. You didn't have to get cleaned up to come to him. He came to you. And you see, that is the thing about, about getting into the book of Galatians and what this is all about. The message of Paul's ex- exhortation was this. You don't trust in the law for your salvation. You can't do it. And you need to trust in Christ and Christ alone. Christ alone for salvation. Flip over in in your Bibles to Romans chapter 3 in verse 20 where it says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, No flesh will be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. For by the law. In other words, following the law is not going to save you. It doesn't save you. It'll tell you that you need Jesus Christ. It'll tell you that you need a Savior. You can be convicted through the law, but you can't be saved You can't be saved through the law. Here's a common lie. It's a lie that that you have heard from your youth, a lie that, that has been going around since the beginning of grace, God's grace, beginning of the church. Being a good person will get you into heaven. Being a good person. Why, I follow the Ten Commandments. No, you don't. You can't do it. I'll tell you how much it grieves me in, in talking to someone who, and in and, and talking to a Christian, who will have a relative die, and, and they'll say, but you know, he's a good person. It's not what I want to hear. I really don't want to hear that. 
What I want to hear is that the person loved Jesus Christ. That's what I want to hear. Because then I know. Then I know. And, you know, I mean, I'm not judging people for for their lives. I, I don't know whether somebody was deep down inside was saved. I don't know if there was a deathbed confession. I don't, I don't know those things. Don't, don't ask me to say, is, do you think this person's in heaven or not? I, I don't know. I don't know. But, but to say that was a good person tells me nothing. Doesn't, it just doesn't tell you anything. You know, being a good person... Are you willing to bet your eternity on your good behavior? You know? and, and the other thing is, is, at what point in your good behavior is good enough? Is there a break-off point where you haven't been good enough that, that you can't get into heaven? Or is there that, that point where you are good enough that you do get into heaven? And, and if it were that way, who makes that determination? Does God open up the books and say, well, you know, you were doing okay, but right here, you blew it, buddy. Or, or you, were, you were on your way to hell until you came here and you started feeding those homeless people. Man, I'll tell you what, come on in to heaven. Doesn't work that way. You see, guys, you need to understand something. Hell will be loaded with nice people. It's the truth. Believe me when I tell you that. You can't work your way into heaven and you can't nice your way in either. You can't do it. You see, folks, you can't be saved by the law. You can't be saved by traditions. You can't do it. Traditions. You can't, you're not saved by if you follow these traditions, you're not saved because you come to church. You see, you're not saved because you might have sat in a church every Sunday all the days, all the days of your life. You're not saved because, because you worked in the church. You're not saved because you're baptized. You're not. It, to say that you were saved because you're baptized is to say that Christ didn't do the finished work on the cross. And that he didn't, he just left, he got almost there, but he didn't quite get it. So I got to get baptized so that I can get into it. Mm-hmm. It does not work that way. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And I'll tell you something else that, that drives me crazy about parents. They'll have their infant child baptized, and they think they're covered. No, they're not. That child was covered before I ever got my hands on him. I didn't save him. Parents didn't save him. If they would ever listen to what the pastor was saying and what he was really interested in is that through that, that, that infant baptism, that those parents were supposed to promise that they would raise that child in a Christian home, that they would bring that kid back to church, and that on the child's by themselves that they would accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior because the baptism did nothing for them. It got them wet. That's all. That child was saved before he ever came there by the age of accountability. That's, that's what this is all about. But, but there's people today that say, well, I baptized this kid as a youth and I never took him back to church and today they're 20 years old running around doing whatever they want. Guess what? They're not saved. They're not saved. Come on. 
You can't, you can't, there is no tradition. You can't work your way into heaven. You can't work for someone else to get into heaven. You can't do it. You see, that's why I don't, that's why I don't do infant baptisms anymore. Because there's too much confusion. Too much confusion in this. You see, so after all of this, you might be asking me, well, why, why are we in Galatians? All we've been in is Acts. Why are, why are we in Galatians? Well, we're in Galatians because it's going to show us the difference between the law and God's grace. It's going to show us that difference. It's going to show us just how much God loves you and what he's done for you and how salvation comes through God's grace and our faith in Jesus Christ, and that is the only way in. Do you see the danger with people, um, um, movie stars, um, um, other people saying, there's all different ways of getting into heaven. There is not. And I will tell you this, the person who is a well-known person and stands up in front of people in, in this country or in any other country and tells them that there are more than one way to get into heaven, they will, I am sure of it, answer for that when they come before Christ that day. They will answer for that because they have an influence on people. And to tell them a bald-faced lie like that is wrong. It's wrong. But God loves you. Listen, let's go back to verses um, 3 and 4. Back to verses 3 and 4, where it says, Grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil age according to the will of our God and and Father. What evil age? What evil age? Guys, you're living in it. The evil age is the age from, from the time that the church was actually started until you are here today. You are living in the evil age. What does God's grace have to do with this? Because God is, what it says right here, is that God wants to save you from this evil age. It's the age that you live in today. It is this age. Guys, guys, the only way that we are saved from this age is through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that is it. That is it. And he wants to save you from him. We want, I want to be able to, as we go through Galatians, I want to be able to remove any doubt. I want to re- remove any confusion in what Jesus Christ has planned for you. Guys, he has a plan for you. And that plan is for you to accept him as Lord and Savior. And he'll save you from this evil age. Doesn't mean we won't go through problems here. It doesn't mean that. But it means that your eternity is secure in him. That is saving you from from this evil age. The world, guys, if we can remove the doubt if we can remove the confusion, we remove it now because of the, of the world that we live in today and how bad it is. And you're getting misinformation all over the place. All of a sudden, there's people who are experts all over the place, and none of them read their Bible. And there are people going to churches today that never open their Bibles, never do. And, and you turn on the television, and you, and you see an evangelist who's telling you nothing but garbage. And, and folks... You don't have to be this way. 
You do not have to be sitting in the dark today. Today of all days, when, when how many different versions of the Bible do, are sitting, sitting in the common home? There is a reason that those Bibles are there. They're to be opened and they're to be read and they're to be studied. And if you do that, if you do that, you will never be fooled. You'll never be fooled. Never again will somebody come, come on, the, on the TV and start spouting garbage to you and, and you would sit there and say, well, that sounds good, but it's not true. Why? Because you know what the Word of God really says. Guys, you don't need to be confused about what Scripture tells you. God is not a God of confusion. He is not. He opens himself to us. He, with delight, opens his word to you. One more Scripture reading before we we, uh, go into communion, and that's over in Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. Guys, this one's for you. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. He has a plan for you. He know, you know that, he has, that, that you need to be in his will. Guys, spending time away from Scripture is, is not how you become a strong Christian, one that won't be fooled by, by all that is going on in this world today. When it comes down to, the, to people standing up and saying, we all worship the same God, we all got to be together on this. No, we don't, guys. I hate to say it. No, I don't hate to say it. We're right. They're wrong. Wow, pretty sure of yourself. No, I'm not sure of myself. I'm sure of this. Do you see? And this is what God is telling us today. Guys, we have, we have Bible studies. Um, we have, on, on Wednesdays, I, I got one at noon. I got one at 7 o'clock. You can come and go to, go to family night for a while, sing a few songs. Come on in and listen to the Bible study. You can learn. We're in Galatians. I'm going to do them both. I'm going to do it there. I'm going to do it here. But guys, we need to know the difference between traditions and laws and God's grace and which one you want to be able to follow. See, in the times that we're living in, we need to rely on his word to bring us through. You know, when you realize what God has done for each and every one of us, when you realize who he is in your life, the plan that he has in your life, you realize how important this is to be able to to come to his table, to be able to to know what what his plan is for you, the salvation for you, not through any other means, but only through Jesus Christ. Guys, if you're a guest with us today, if you're not a member, it doesn't matter to us. You come to the table. You don't have to be a member. You don't even have to be saved. You come to the table, and you know 
that, that what Jesus Christ has done for you. People have been saved by knowing what Christ has done for them. We withhold God's grace from no one. No one. Because it's, it's, this, is, this is salvation. Salvation through Christ coming to his table is, is the ultimate sign of his grace for us. What Christ has done for us. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, in that upper room with his disciples, Jesus took the bread and he gave thanks to the Father and then he broke it and he gave it to his disciples and he said, take, eat, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. After the bread, he took the cup and again he gave thanks to the Father and he said, this cup is my blood of the new covenant which was shed for you and for many for the forgiveness of sin. Drink this. And when you do, do this in remembrance of me. Let's bow our heads. Our Heavenly Father, we thank you just for the opportunity to come to your table today. Father, I pray that, that as we do so, um, Lord, that, that you will touch each heart that you know each person that's here. You know their heart, you know their name, you know what they've come through these doors with. Lord, I pray that, that you will touch their heart as only you can. That if there is anything that they, any, any struggles that they are dragging in, Father, let them leave them right here. Let them leave them right here at the foot of the cross. Father, may you be glorified this, through this. Uh, may you bless these common elements, the, the bread and the juice for all who partake. And in all of this, we praise your Lord. Thank you for listening to the Trinity Now podcast. For more information about Trinity Church, please visit us online at trinitychurchnow.com. We hope today's sermon has touched your heart, and we hope you will join us next week for another message from God's Word. Jesus' name. Amen.